0: Welcome back, everyone, to the second part of this, again, series, yet again. It's the final series, and it's, well, it's the final series. We're actually going to have one more episode after this, Um, and it is on, this is on literature, this series, of course. You clicked it for a reason, right? Um, (laughs) So I'm recording this in the midst of a very interesting week. Let's just say it that way. So... I hurt my ankle very bad while playing basketball today, and I basically cannot sit or walk or do anything other than lay on the ground, (laughs) so um, it was definitely a strain, it was definitely pressure to get up here to speak to you guys, to speak on the microphone, but of course that's what I want to do, so I'm going to do it, Um, and yeah, let's just get started with this literature thing, there's a lot of tragedy and resilience in literature, so... Yeah, we might as well just go to it anyway. Um, we're going to start with Chinese literature. So we I did say that we we're going to mostly cover the Western canon, but there was going to be at least some some literature, some sections pertaining to Eastern literature. So we might as well get started. The Chinese classical canon refers to literature written in China before the Qing, di- the Qing dynasty Sorry, reunified China in 221 BCE. Uh, this literature is notoriously hard to date because the stories behind the text, like an ancient Greek text, uh, were passed down orally for many generations. Consequently, many ancient Chinese texts are considered uh, pre-King, essentially, uh, with little beyond that. Chinese literature's brilliance is perhaps best conveyed through its eminent works. Uh, the most important of these from pre-King China grouped with into a connection of pre-King classics known as the Thirteen Classics. Uh, the Chinese government from the Song Dynasty to the late Qing Dynasty um, reforms of 1905 used the Thirteen Classics. So it was the Qin Dynasty, not the King. I'm sorry. Different dynasty. So the whole thing I was saying before the Qin Dynasty reunified China in 221 BCE I, I butchered the word. I apologize. Um, the Chinese government, from the Song Dynasty to the late Qing Dynasty reforms of 1905, used the 13 classics. That one was actually the Qing Dynasty to examine hopeful bureaucrats by merit. Uh, each of the 13 classics are below, or is below. Sorry. Um, the Classics of Changes is an ancient Chinese text created between the 10th and 4th. Centuries BCE. Uh, It was once a divination manual, though later it was transformed into a cosmological text or religious book, Uh, and a set of philosophical treatises known as the Ten Wings. Uh, Confucius, the Chinese philosopher who founded Confucianism, you may know it if you took AP Human Geography or any Chinese history class, uh, likely wrote the Ten Wings. He was likely the person who wrote the philosophical part of it. Um, The Book of Documents. Is a collection of rhetorical prose, prose writing without any metrical structure, attributed to many ancient Chinese philosophers. Uh, the earliest speeches in the Book of Documents date back to the 11th century BCE. The Classic of Poetry um, is the oldest existing collection of Chinese poetry. It's, uh, Confucius is traditionally said to have compiled these. Um, the three ritual classics are um, in the Chinese 13 classics are the Rites of Zhu, uh, Ceremonies and Rites, and the Book of Rites. The three ritual classics concern the Zhou dynasty, or the Zhao dynasty. Again, forgive me if I'm butchering the names. I don't get Greek stuff, I don't get Chinese stuff, I don't get Roman stuff very well. I, I don't know many languages. Um, an ancient Chinese dynasty reigning from 1046 to 771 BCE, so for 275 years. Just said to be Fun there. Um, the Rites of Zhao is a piece on bureaucracy um, and organizational theory found founded in the 2nd century BCE. A, Ceremonies and Rites is a text regarding Zhao Dynasty's social customs and behavioral, behavioral rituals. Uh, the Book of Rites is a collection of texts describing the social customs and ceremonial rites of Zhao Dynasty China during the Warring States and Han periods. Um, the three commentaries on the spring and autumn annals um, uh, is an ancient Chinese narrative of the state, um, the state of Lu. <laughs> um, there, there are three of them. Sorry, there are three commenta- commentaries on the spring and autumn annals, um, and these are the commentary of Zhu Zhuo, uh, the commentary of Gu Liang, and the commentary of Gong Yang. Um, it's an ancient Chinese narrative of the state of Lu from 722 uh, to 481 BCE. Um, Confucius, again, is said to have compiled the three commentaries. Uh, The Analects is the only work from ancient China that I already knew existed. I would not consider Luo Gongzong's, again, forgive me if I'm butchering it, um, I'm. I, I don't really consider Romance of the Three Kingdoms ancient because it isn't. Uh, ancient is pre. There, there's a. It's not really ancient. Um, ancient is generally considered pre. Iron Age, or uh, there's not really. I don't think there's really an umbrella term for ancient. Um, but basically, long time ago, a long time ago. Let's just say it that way. Um, The Analects is a collection of philosophy and sayings attributed to Confucius and his followers, um, but it is likely that, well, he didn't write, Confucius did not write the Analects, uh, for we attribute the assemblage to those that followed him during the Warring States period of ancient China, so for 254 years from 475 to 221 BCE. Uh, The classic of filial piety um, is the final of the five Confucian classics. Um, it is a treatise. The, the Confucian classic basically is a treatise presenting advice on the Confucian principle of filial piety, and that is respect for one's elders. Um, Area is the oldest surviving Chinese dictionary, which was probably completed in or compiled in third century BCE. And Mencius is a collection of conservations, interviews, and dialogues uh, by Mencius, a f- Chinese philosopher. Um, he was a Confucian philosopher, Remember the fourth generation of Confucian disciples, uh, considered the second sage, only behind only Confucius. Um, but of course, we have to go to the Middle Ages. The Middle Ages correspond to the period from the fall of the Roman Empire in 476 CE to the inception of the Renaissance. Depending upon the region, the beginning of the Renaissance could have been the 14th, 15th, or even 16th centuries. Uh, medieval literature re- refers to literature well beyond only Europe. Uh, beyond Europe, Islamic and Chinese literature thrived during the Middle Ages. Uh, following the fall of the Western Roman Empire, uh, the traditional Roman Greco-Roman high culture fell out of favor, at the least. Uh, Medieval literature, like virtually all culture from the Middle Ages, focused on faith. European literature derived, uh, European faith-based literature derived from the ancient Greek text, or from the lack of uh, ancient Greek texts, most of which were either unpreserved in Europe or destroyed in tragedies. Um, But there were a few notable works. Uh, One was the Canterbury Tales, uh, which was likely the Hardest untranslated book I've ever attempted to read. Um, He wrote, uh, Geoffrey Chaucer wrote the Canterbury Tears from 1388 until likely his death in 1400. Uh, The work features 24 tales relating to fate, gods, and I quote, will to live, marriage, pride, and death. Uh, Beowulf is an old English epic poem. You most people know Beowulf, um, written sometime from the 7th to the 14th century CE. Uh, the poem is anon- anonymously written and tells stories of the hero Beowulf, uh, a hero of the, the Geats. Uh, uh, goodness. Um, a hero of the Geats, or the Geats, a, a Germanic tribe who inhabited lands in southern Sweden from classical antiquity to the late Middle Ages. Um, and of course, how could you forget? You could never forget the most important of these, and it may not technically be a—it may not technically be a middle age literature. It may more be Renaissance, but we're just gonna go with it. The Divine Comedy, uh, one of the only middle age pieces I've ever read. Um, his the com the Dante's comedy uh, features three of the foremost works of literature: um, Inferno, most people know of that, um, Purgatorio, Purgatorio, sorry, and Paradiso. Uh, the Divine Comedy is considered the preeminent work of Italian literature and is credited for establishing the Tuscan language as the standard Italian language. Um, The poem depicts Dante's journey through the three realms of the dead from the night before Good Friday to the Wednesday after Easter. Uh, The Islamic Golden Age was a period from the 8th to the 14th century CE in which Islamic cultures, economies, and sciences flourished. Under the Islamic Golden Age exists Islamic Middle Ages literature. Um, There are so many really notable works, and there are a lot of, uh, the, everything was based on a particular book, let's just say it that way, the writing style specifically, particularly. Um, the Book of One Thousand and One Nights, also known as Arabian Nights, um, is the leading epic from the Islamic Middle Ages, and perhaps one of the most important literary works ever created. Um, it's one of the, one of the fiction works on my massive Google document of Wants to Read, um, is a is the book, The Arabian Nights. Um, and it's basically, essentially it's a collection of Middle Eastern folk tales. There are about a thousand and one of them, or more, depending on which uh, one you get. Um, there could be more, also. Um, all Arabian fantasy tales from the 10th to the 14th century translated to Arabian Nights when translated to English. Uh, from those translation came... Uh, the major anthology compiled over time by Arabic authors and later translated by European translators, 1,001 Arabian Nights, or 1,001 Nights. Uh, Science, mathematics, and philosophy were particularly prominent in Islamic literature because of the Islamic Golden Age, basically the renaissance of um, the Middle East. Um, The great mathematicians and scientists like Algorithmi, Omar Khayyam... I've actually read some of Omar Khayyam's works. Al-Hazen and Azofi wrote treatises on new scientific discoveries, and in the case of Omar Khayyam, uh, poems. Al-Hazen was a physicist, mathematician, and astronomer during the Islamic Golden Age. He is considered the father of modern optics for his contributions to optics and visual perception. His most influential work was The Book of Optics. Surprising, right? Um, the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam is a poem written by, of course, Omar Khayyam. Um, he was a Persian mathematician, astronomer, philosopher, and poet from the Islamic Golden Age uh, who classified and solved for the first time uh, cubic equations. So you know like how we use the quadratic formula to find the solutions to a... Uh, a second-degree polynomial. Well, he basically found the answer for a third degree. We found the second degree long before he found the third degree, but uh, still, I mean, of course, scientific progress is not always fast because, again, we have to learn it. It's easy to learn something once you already know that it it exists. It's much more difficult to learn something when you have no idea if it actually is true or not. (laughs) Imagine that. You are that's true teaching yourself that is legitimate teaching yourself just having absolutely no background knowledge and then attempting to answer it and then answering it like Kayyem did and like many other scientists did themselves Um, he designed the Jalali or the Halali calendar a precise calendar that remains in use today actually Um, and he also wrote the Rubiat a poem of quatrains translated by the um, translator Edward Fitzgerald in 1859 there were few editions of it um the canon of medicine is an encyclopedia of medicine compiled by the muslim physician and philosopher avicenna i don't know if i said that right in the 11th century again i am sorry to anyone who may be of course offended by uh, what i'm saying because i I am really butchering these names and that that may of course happen i'm not really educated on arabic and uh, on especially latinized arabic names that's can be very difficult. Um, So again, I apologize for that. Just again, email me if you have any concerns. I will respond. Um, It is likely an overview, well it is an overview, of all contemporary medical knowledge in the 11th century Islamic world. Uh, The examination of Al-Mufadal is an anthology of poems, of Arabic poems compiled by Al-Mufadal, hence the name, Um, The collection contains 126 poems written by 68 authors between 500 and 650 C.E. Uh, He composed the um, collection between 762 and his death in 784. Uh, The only work of Middle Ages Chinese literature that I am aware of is The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. This section works to extend my understanding of Eastern literature beyond the conspicuous Chinese works which were, of course, the Analects and the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Um, In the Middle Ages, lyric poetry uh, in China continued to advance. Some notable poets from pre-1000 China were Li Bai and Du Fu. Um, Printing began in China well before anywhere else, with the oldest known printed book created in 868 CE, well before the Gutenberg printing press. I believe that was 1431 or like 1451 or something that it came out. It was sometime in the 15th century. Big difference, right? Big difference. Um, the Chinese artisan Bi Chang uh, invented movable type printing around 1040, and it uses movable type printing. Essentially, uses movable components, letters to reproduce a document. A prose fiction developed in China during the Ming dynasty, Chinese dynasty, from 1368 to 1644 CE, or for 276 years. Wow, my mental math is so incredible. Uh, Two notable novels from Ming China are The Water Margin and The Journey to the West. Uh, These two novels are two of the four great classical novels of Chinese literature, a list that also includes, unsurprisingly, The Romance of the Three Kingdoms and The Dream of the Red Chamber. Uh, the Dream Pool Essays was an extensive scientific treatise created by uh, Shen Kuo in 1088, which contains the oldest description of the magnetized compass. Um, though the Dream Pool Essay survived, Kai, uh, Kai Jing, Kai Ying, or whatever—again, um, butchering—a Song politician purged much of Kuo's written work. Uh, as a result, only six of his books remain, only two of which are unaltered. Uh, Zizi Tongzian uh, was a massive book that covered the universal history of China from 403 BCE to 959 CE. Uh, The Medieval Encyclopedia of Chinese History, which covers 1,362 years of Chinese civilization, contains over 3 million Chinese characters. That's pretty big. And then, of course, A Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I don't even need to describe that because it's a really enormously popular work. Um, And, of course, we have a bunch of stuff for the Renaissance because this is the same thing that happened with art. Renaissance always dominates. Ah, the Renaissance. It saw a revolution in thought unprecedented in all of human history. Rapidly medieval Europe transformed into an expanded classical antiquity in the arts, Renaissance painters, Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, and Titian transformed the relatively boring, in my opinion, faith-based art into a burgeoning complex uh, of artistic grandiloquence. Yes, I like to use big words sometimes. Um, Literature was no different. With the invention and proliferation of Gutenberg's printing press and the rediscovery of texts from classical antiquity, literature became more accessible and far more explosive. As a result, the Renaissance saw an unprecedented explosion of new literature. Um, For the Renaissance was the rebirth of Greco-Roman culture, including philosophy. Uh, The ideals of classical antiquity had a profound effect on European literature. Uh, Renaissance writers and intellectuals began to consider the world from an anthropocentric or human-centered perspective. They also incorporated Platonic ideas, such as a human's dual nature, as in body and mind, and implemented those ideas into Christianity. Uh, while the Renaissance was the rebirth of Greco-Roman culture, uh, the era characterized a sweeping, impressive literary revolution. The Renaissance saw the birth of the essay. Uh, yes, the papers you are first to write as, an, as a high schooler were created during the best period of time in European history. Um, and the Spenserian stanza, we'll see Edmund Spencer down there, that refers to Edmund Spencer, among other genres and literary forms. Uh, The number of prominent Renaissance authors is not infinite, but there were a significant number of them. Uh, Many of the great names of literature come from the era, for the combination of the printing press and the Renaissance Revolution propagated a previously unseen and unheard of literary excellence. Now, some of these authors included Niccolò Machiavelli. We're going to see Niccolò Machiavelli. Uh, He wrote The Prince and... I did not like it, but it's such a brilliant satire. Um, Petrarch, Michelangelo, Edmund Spencer, Geoffrey Chaucer, kind of, uh, Erasmus, Christopher Marlowe, Miguel de Servantees, uh, Sir Thomas More, John Milton, William Shakespeare, etc. 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 One of the... There are many notable works, uh, but there are a few of them that pop out, of course. Uh, one is Sir Thomas Mallory's uh, Le Morte d'Arthur, Arthur, uh, Arthur I, I hope that's right, um, which is a work of prose fiction that tells the stories of the legendary King Arthur, uh, Guinevere, Lancelot, Merlin, and the Knights of the Round Table. Um, it is the most magnificent work of Arthurian literature, which is uh, relates to sto- stories about King Arthur. Um, added, this was added as a humorous, addition to renaissance literature um it's the Voynich manuscript it's still undeciphered yeah um there's a good chance that it was a hoax (laughs) there's a good chance but at a bad there's a bad chance it was a hoax it's one of those weird things It, it was more likely not a hoax because uh how can you get parchment from 400 years ago or from 600 years ago and then just write down on it Um, but again, there is no legitimate theory onto what it actually is. Still, even today, they have no idea what we're looking at. Unquestionably the most influential English writer ever, William Shakespeare's influence on English literature was unprecedented and unmatched. Among the most respected and recognized playwrights, uh, plays ever created, um, Shakespeare's works include, oh my god, um Romeo and Juliet, a Midsummer's Night's Dream Midsummer Night's Dream, Julius Caesar, Othello, Macbeth, King Lear, Hamlet, and his sonnets. There are so many of them. It is truly one of the craziest things ever. Um The Prince is Niccolò Machiavelli's interesting satire on how Oh yeah, actually wait, let's do this. So I I thought I'd add my cool um I, I love I love the ending couplets in Shakespeare's sonnets. I've memorized a few of the sonnets myself, actually. Uh, 116 and 154, notably. And also some of 30, some of 137. Um, I really love Shakespeare's sonnets, I'll say it. Um, So, let's just say some of those couplets. Um, one One of my favorite ones is from 137. Oh, wait, no, this is not 137, this is a different one. I actually don't know... I don't really actually know which one this is. Um, and other strains of woe which now seem woe, compared with loss of thee, will not seem so. Oh my goodness. Uh, and then this one is from 154. This is I love this one. Um, but I, my mistress's thrall, came there for cure. And this by that I prove. Love's fire heats water. Water cools, not love. It, I, I'm assuming they used to consider love, Louvre or prove, prov, probably prove, prov, um, but yeah. Oh, and this one is this one. I love this one. I think this is 147, but don't quote me on it. I believe it is one. It should be 147. Um, For I have sworn thee fair and thought thee bright, who art as black as hell, as dark as night. It reminds me of um, uh, Algernon Swinburne, Algernon Charles Swinburne. Uh, he wrote... A, a poem called Dolores Dolores uh, it's in, in, it's Spanish for uh, sorrows um, and it also refers to the Virgin Mary um, whom they refer to as Our Lady of Sorrows and I, I just really love that poem my cousin introduced me to it of course <laughs> it's, it's just an incredible poem um, The Prince anyway is Niccolo Machiavelli's interesting satire on how to become a prince and retain power as a prince Um, Which is, it's regarded as one of the greatest works of Renaissance literature, but it was very controversial. Um, It basically excoriates royal and political immorality, um, but some people think that it's literal truth. (laughs) Don't know what they were thinking. Let's just say it that way. They probably could use to actually read it. Um, Paradise Lost is an epic poem published in 1667 by John Milton. Uh, The first edition, published, of course, in 1667, consisted of 10 books and 10,000 lines. Uh, The second edition follows Virgil's Aeneid in that the new edition of Paradise Lost comprises 12 books. It's a masterpiece, essentially, that deals... Uh, deals with the biblical story of the fall of man. Uh, utopia is a socio political satire and fiction work written by Sir Thomas More and published in 1516. Uh, the book depicts a fictional island, a utopia, and its cultural customs. Although it does not display the contemporary notion of a utopia, uh, the word utopia does derive from More's work. Um, In Praise of Folly is an essay that satirically criticizes superstitions of the Western and the Western Church. Uh, Erasmus of Rotterdam wrote the essay in 1509. Um, This was a work that played a significant role in the Protestant Reformation, and it was one of the preeminent works of Renaissance literature. Don Quixote is Miguel de Cervantes' most impressive work and one of the excellent works of Western literature. Uh, the work, published in 1605 um, and 1605, 1615, there there were two parts to the book, is considered the first modern novel. Uh, it's also one of the most translated novels ever written. It was originally written in Spanish, if I have that correct. It definitely was. Um, to allow more focus on Chinese and Renaissance literature, I decided to divide the chapter into three episodes, Uh, of course. The next episode will focus on modern literature, and that means, yay, we get to talk about Charles Dickens, my favorite author. Yeah, I know, seriously, why don't you just choose the best author of all time as your favorite author? I'm sure it's going to change as I read more. I just really loved Great Expectations. It was such a good book. Uh, But anyway, thank you all for listening, and as always, have a good morning, afternoon, evening, and night. Take care, stay curious, And wish me luck in my endeavors with this stupid ankle injury. Because now I'm on crutches and in a boot. Don't rob me. That's a joke. You don't know where I live anyway, so don't rob me. (laughs) Again, a joke. Um, But yeah, wish me luck in getting over that plight or whatever. Thank you. Goodbye. Take care and stay curious, number two.